Well, today is uh, the second sermon in a series of sermons that we've entitled Questions God Asks Us. And I think these are interesting questions and very important questions, every one of them. It seems like each of these questions gets right kind of to the heart of what it means to uh, be a follower of Jesus. So today we're looking at the question, why are you afraid? Which is, of course, a very important question for all of us. And it, we're looking at a familiar story from Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. So let me pray and then we'll jump right in. God, we thank you for, um, for this beautiful story today. And may we learn from it. Uh, even though it is an old story, a familiar story, may you teach us new things today that will help us uh, to live our lives the way that you desire for us to live in a way that we can experience the abundant life that Christ came to give us. So speak to us. May our ears and our minds be open. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowds behind, they took him along, just as he was, in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teachers, don't you care? Or, teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and waves obey him. Let me get right to the point this morning. Does your life tend to be a life of fear or a life of faith? I think it's a very important question to ask because if we live our lives primarily dominated by fear, that life is going to look very different than a life primarily dominated by faith. Fear or faith? Very important question for each one of us. You know, I've always found it very interesting, intriguing, that the most common command in Scripture by far is do not fear in one form or another. More than love each other, more than love other people or love God, more than pray often, more than care for the poor, more than be holy, far more, 366 times, one for each day of the year and even leap year. I have given that some thought, and I've come up with some reasons why. I think fear, if we think about it, is one of our deadliest enemies, isn't it? Fear can cause illness. Fear 
stifles creativity. Fear can prevent us from receiving and giving love. Really enjoying intimacy with other people. Fear can breed conflict. Fear can lead to addiction. It stunts maturity and growth. Robs us of adventure. Fear can paralyze us. Prevent us from moving forward in our lives. We get stuck when our lives are dominated by fear. Fear really makes our lives small. On the other hand, you look at faith. Oh, living a life of faith. Very different. Because faith, what? It opens us up to love. Faith leads to hope. Faith creates, where there is faith, there's always possibilities. Always a chance for a new beginning. Faith gives us courage to take steps that cause maturity and causes us to grow. Fear paralyzes. Faith mobilizes. If I was a black preacher, I would just hit that all day. (laughs) Over and over and over again. Fear paralyzes. Faith mobilizes us. Whereas fear makes our lives smaller. Here's what's so important. Faith makes our lives bigger. Opens us up to new horizons. Now, given all that, how would you like to live? By fear or by faith? How you answer that question, how I answer that question, really can determine so much about our lives. That's probably why it's mentioned so many times in the Bible. Faith or fear. Jesus deals with this very question today in this story. He asks actually two questions. Why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? And do you still have no faith? Do you still not trust me? Now, I look at this story and I think, not really unreasonable that they're afraid, do you think? (laughs) And wondering what's going on. I mean, here, Jesus, I, I think this is kind of humorous. This huge storm is hit, like it so often does on the Sea of Galilee. Just oftentimes rise up out of nowhere and it hits this boat and waves are crashing. It's almost swamped. Don't you find it kind of humorous that Jesus is asleep (laughs) on a cushion? And the disciples come back with a very good question of their own. Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Now really, what question are they asking Teacher, don't you love us? Don't you love us? Care for us? Here's what's going on. The disciples are in, you know, they're in a school. They're in the school of learning what it means to be a follower of Jesus. This is how people learned from rabbis in the day. Is they, they lived with this person, they they walked with this person. They, they listened to what they taught. They watched how they lived life. And they are in the school of faith building. 
really. Jesus is trying to teach them how to live by faith and not by fear because he knows what's ahead for them. At the heart of what Jesus is trying to do, really, is is teach them how to live by faith. And when we become followers of Christ, we enter into the same school. Jesus wants us to live by faith and not by fear. It's really interesting to note, too, that if you read through the four Gospels, really the only thing that Jesus rebukes his disciples for is lacking faith. Where is your faith? So it's very important to Jesus, very important to God, because in Hebrews it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So it goes back to my first question. What about you? Do you live by faith or fear? I think what all of us would love to do is live a life of faith. And so I want to take this question today and ask, how do we get there? How do we, what steps can we take in our lives? What are the things that we can do to live by faith? Well, the first thing I would say is growing closer to Christ. Experiencing Christ's love in a very personal and real way, in a dynamic way, a growing way, is how one of the ways we definitely grow our faith. We don't all of a sudden have tremendous faith when we first become Christians, do you think? And it's not a static thing. It's something that grows, I hope, over time. Sometimes goes up and down. But a lot of it depends, really, on do we know that Christ loves us? And are we experiencing that in a personal, real way? This is really at the heart of the question that, as I said earlier, that the disciples asked Christ, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? It really points to the fact that they are really not sure that Christ loves them. That he cares for them. You see, our Christian faith is unique because it is really based on the character of a person. It is based on the character of Christ. That's why when the Bible says have faith, it never says just have faith. It says have faith, what? In the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ is the object of our faith. Can he be trusted? That's the question. And that's why there's this correlation between us knowing Christ in a very real way and knowing Christ love us and the amount of faith that we have. It's just like a human relationship. We trust people that we know well, who are dependable, who are trustworthy. The same uh, with Christ. You see, when we give our lives to Christ, when we trust him with our lives, which is really what Christianity is all about, we have done so because we have really come to the conclusion that, number one, Christ loves us, he cares for us, and number two, that Christ is capable. He is competent. 
to take care of us, to do the things that we need in our lives. It seems to me like at this point in their journey, and we're all on a journey, the disciples don't really believe either one of those two things. Number one, can, does he love us, care for us? Number two, can he get us out of this situation, right? Let me give you an example of this in my own life. I have a friend, very good friend, who's a pilot. And he used to always bug me to go flying with him. And I would kind of say, oh, yeah, 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 let's go flying. I don't really like to fly. <laughs> Even on a jet. I get in a jet and I think, wow, this is a pretty bold move. Getting in a, a metal tube with two wings and rockets hung on each wing or whatever. Right? I, it always amazes me. I'm just amazed when we get up to 30,000 feet and I look down and I wow, I'm 35 or 30,000 feet above the ground in this tube. So going in a little plane with only one engine, <laughs> I didn't know, but we were down in Alameda one day and having lunch, and all of a sudden he just he threw it on me. Hey, the plane's just you know a mile away. Let's, let's go flying. I had no excuse. I couldn't say, uh, no, I got something else to do. The only thing I could say is I'm afraid. I, of course I didn't want to say that, right? So we're driving to the airport, and there's this billboard, and there's this really cute little girl, which looked a lot like my little Allie at the time. And he said, wow, that baby looks like Allie. I said, yes, it does. And I want to see her graduate from high school. <laughs> and I want to walk her down the aisle and all the rest, right? I want to see her grow up into a young woman. He assured me that I would see all those things. So what was going through my head as we prepared to get into this little plane? Does he love me? <laughs> Does he care for my well-being? And number two, is he capable? Can he really fly this plane? Now, I knew him for a long time. He's like a brother to me. And so I knew he loved me, had my best interests at heart. Plus, he was in the plane, too, so I could kind of lean on that. <laughs> number two, is he capable? I knew him to be a very smart guy. I watched him as he, you know, did all the routine he had to do to get a plane ready to fly. I saw that he had uh, pilot magazines around his house. He looked like a pilot, had aviator uh, sunglasses, a jacket, the whole thing. So I thought, okay, and see what's going on. Can I trust him with my life? And does he care for me? And is he capable? We had a great time flying. <laughs> but you see, that's the process that we go to. Same with our faith with Christ. We go through the same sizing up process. Is, is this person real? Does this person love me? Is this person powerful enough to help me through life? Very important. Do you know the love of Christ? And is he capable? <coughs> it's the first thing. Second thing we can do to grow our faith, we lean into our fears. See, I think this is the life of faith. Is when we come up against something in our lives, whatever it may be, a decision, a relationship, a new adventure, something, do we step back and not take the risk? Now, 
intelligent risks that you feel like God is leading you to do? Do you more often step forward into your fears or do you retreat? We come up with those decisions all the time in our lives, don't we? And see, I think this is the big life that Christ wants us to live is we live a life where we take risks, where we move forward with boldness and with courage. You know, in another <clears throat> story like this, Jesus comes and he's walking on the water. Remember that? And when he sees the disciples and they're crying out to them, what does he say? He says, take courage, which really can translates, be bold. Take steps of faith, intelligent risks. You know, last week I was driving up <clears throat> the Central Valley, which is just such a beautiful drive along I-5, isn't it? <clears throat> Five hours of the same thing over and over and over again. <clears throat> and so I was listening to some po podcasts. And I listened to a podcast by this woman named Brene Brown. Anybody know her? Heard of her? I always try to figure out, I always listen to who are people listening to and who is connecting with our culture. And Brene Brown right now is connecting to our culture in a big way, especially with women. And since 60% of my congregation is women, I thought, I'll see what she has to say. And I've, I've read some things by her. She was interviewing a guy, a man named Daniel Pink, who has just written a book New York Times bestseller, The Power of Regret. Very interesting, huge study on regret. First time, uh, biggest study ever of quantifying, really, regret. He has a website where people send in their regrets. regrets. 16,000 people have sent in regrets. So he's learning about what is it that people regret? What's the power of regret in our lives? Really, what is regret? It was interesting. He said two of the biggest regrets are not studying abroad when you're in college. He goes, I should start a company to do that for older people <laughs> and not playing a musical instrument. But here's what he learned that I thought ties in so well to this. He said the biggest regrets in our lives are not the steps we took that we regret, maybe failures or missteps, he said, by far, the biggest regrets that people had were not being bold. <coughs> not taking a step in a relationship. Not taking a new job that seemed to be bigger than we could handle. Whatever it would be, by far, people said, I felt the most regret because I wasn't courageous. And I didn't take a step forward. <coughs> Excuse me. I think this is what Jesus is trying to teach us. Is we have Jesus in the boat with us. We have a very capable God who loves us, who cares for us, and who is powerful enough to help us through these difficult times in our lives. So Jesus says, take a step. Be bold. Move forward. And here's what happens as we take those steps in our lives, every time we take one and we know that Christ is with us and that he's helping us and giving us the power 
to grow and to expand and to experience new things in our lives. You know what? Our faith grows. I can look back on my life. I have much more faith than I did 40 years ago because I have 40 years of walking with Christ and trusting him. It reminds me of of Henrietta Mears, a woman who who had a college ministry at First Presbyterian Church in Hollywood uh, that, that grew a whole generation of Christian leaders. Amazing woman. And she was asked at the end of her life, Henrietta, what would you do differently? And she said, I would trust more. I would have more faith. As we take these steps of faith, we become more confident that Christ is with us, that Christ loves us, and Christ is powerful and will help us in the challenges that face us in life. And then we can more and more live by faith instead of fear. Amen. God, we thank you for this this story and um, what it teaches us and help us as people, as individuals, to be people that, that live by faith, that trust you, that move from faith the noun to faith the verb of actually taking steps in our lives to face our fears and to move forward in life. And God, we pray as a church, too, as we face this next chapter, that you would help us to be a church that takes intelligent risks and trusts you as we move forward. Lord, we thank you that you love us, that you're powerful, that you're capable of helping us handle all the challenges of life. And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.